I would like to share with you from Matthew chapter 2. I don't know about you, but I was born again at the age of 24 years old. I come from a religious family. What I mean religious, we're traditional, biological, culturally, socially, academically. We grew up in a religion. I call it a biological, cultural religion. I did not choose that religion. It was imposed upon me by my family. And there were certain rites and rituals and ceremonies that we have to go through. We never read the Bible at all. And I had pictures in my mind about Christmas because it's, it's orally transmitted to, to us. But how can anyone give you a transmission of something they've never read before? And so for some of us, for the first time, I am going to shatter or the truth will shatter any thought about any postcards that you see, the wise men. And Matthew exposes who these men are. I've entitled a message from a Christmas carol called, Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? Shepherd boy, do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? I am a Christian now. And in my neighborhood, most of the people from there, 99% are traditional religious people. We call them C&E people, Christmas and Easter. Or when someone dies, they go to church. Or when there's a wedding. Or when there's a presentation. Or when there's a, a baptism, people go to church. My view on Christmas, the way I grew up with my mom, Christmas for me, uh, from a single mom, Christmas for me was food, which is nothing wrong with that, family. And if we were so poor that we, the only thing we unwrapped on Christmas were tamales. We unwrapped them. <laughs> if they had meat, praise the Lord, it was meat. But I noticed something on the adult world. My mom, she used to cry during Christmas time. And I never caught on why she would cry. My mom was not a drinker, but she drank during Christmas time. Especially Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. She would drink Christian Brothers brandy and Presidente brandy. I would see her cry. I would ask her, what's wrong, mama? In Spanish, she would say, life, mijo, life. Never understood what that meant. Now, as a 69-year-old man, as a grand, I have grandchildren. Now, I have become my mother. But I like my mom. You see, mom did not know Jesus. So when she was looking, she was looking back and pausing on Christmas. And what Christmas evokes, it evokes memories of home, grandma, food, special food, a special time. And it evokes our, our, our innocence, our childhood. Christmas time was so far. Christmas time was so, the truth was so far from us. When I became a Christian and I began to read the Bible, it shattered all everything that I knew about Christmas. 
we are told, only Matthew tells us of these wise men. Why are they called wise? Paul, forgive me, Matthew, he's the only one that talks about these men. We don't know if they're studied, but according to tradition, name is Casper, Balthasar, and Melchor. Well, you say in Spanish, Melchor. I think it's Melchor. That's tradition. And you see the postcards, there's three of them. Right? Now, chances are that there was an African in there. Chances are. And so the Spaniards, because they, they colonized so many nations, the Spaniards brought their tradition with them. And so it was their distortion view of Christianity. And they brought it to the Americas. They brought a flag, but it was not a Christian flag. It was a papal flag. And the flag of Spain. And they imposed upon a forced religion. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, know what I'm talking about. It was imposed upon them. Pretty soon, many of the natives, including the American Indian, or the natives, or as they call them, you know, the native Indians, they begin to live in a, in a world of syncretism. What is syncretism? Syncretism is a fancy word that means a combination of two religions into one. Think of voodoo. There's African changoism and voodooism combined with Catholicism, and that becomes syncretism. So they brought a very distorted view of the gospel. If you go to Spain, Christmas Day is nothing. Do you know when they celebrate Christmas? Anybody knows? January, the 5th and 6th. What is that? The, the what? Say it loud. The three wise men, or they say that los tres reyes. That's big in Spain. And they brought all kinds of distortion. The real story is in Matthew. The Bible says that there were men. There in chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, that gives us a timeline, a geographical location. Behold, wise men. The word is magoi comes from the Greek and the Latin, which we have, the, we anglicize it. We call it a, a magician. But it's not a hocus-pocus magician here. These were doctors of science. These were learned men. Notice there were men from the east with a capital E. That means people from the east. It could be Persia. It could be Mesopotamia. But these are doctors of science. These are not riffraff people. These are not magicians, Vegas-style magicians. These were learned men. And as you read it, we can see that they have been traveling for two years. They're traveling close to 850 miles. Now, again, tradition says there were three men. It doesn't say that. When you travel, and if they are significant people... They bring gifts to Jesus that are very expensive stuff. That means there were, there were men, they had chump change. 
if they had men, they, were, they had chum change, they had a posse, or we call it a procession, or we call it a caravanzi, meaning they had a caravan. And it took two years to traverse almost 850 miles by foot and by animal. And they had to depend upon something in the sky. Was it a supernova? Was it a special star? We don't know. But they kept shooting directions and shooting and measurements to the sky as they were, they were very scientific in astronomy. But there was only one particular star. In those days, even today, you can go to the you can go up to the mountains when there is no natural light and there is no artificial light. Natural light is the sun. See, these lights are artificial. But when you go in the desert, when there is no light whatsoever, the, the sky lights up. The Bible says there are millions and millions of stars. And the puny scientists of 100 years ago or 200 years ago, they will laugh at the Bible. It wasn't until a telescope called the Hubble telescope went up. And scientists came to this conclusion. There are about 10 billion galaxies in the observable universe. The average number of stars in a galaxy are 100 billion stars per galaxy. That's 1 billion trillion stars in the observable universe. 1 billion trillion stars. But one. One. Cut the attention of these men. The Bible says they finally made it by calculated measurements of the sky. They came to Jerusalem. Now these men, are, they, they're, they're odd looking. These men were undocumented aliens. Seriously. They look odd. They spoke a different language. They were dressed differently. Men from the east, they consider their beard to be sacred, and they really took care of their beard, and their dress was very different. And they come into a holy place like Jerusalem. And when they came to Jerusalem, somewhere along the line, the star was out. They don't have the means to be politically correct. They're entering a a region of geopolitical problems with the Romans, the Jews, the Samaritans. Religiously, their friction between the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Zealots. It's a mess. Taxation is killing them. They have no king but one king, King Caesar. There's Herod who thinks that he's Jew. He's not. He's Edomian. But he wanted to be a Jew, and the Jews, according to history, they didn't like him because he wanted to be like them. But he was a political thug. And here comes these distinctive men. Three of them? No. So there's a posse of them. They have to. They need, when you travel, you, you probably need, like, for each man, you have to have around maybe ten animals. And you got to feed the animals, and you got to take care of the animals. So there's a big party that enters into Jerusalem and they say something they shouldn't say. Hey, we're looking for the king of the Jews. 
We're looking for the king of the Jews. That's it, friends. That is a political move. But they don't know. And so the Bible says that Jerusalem was moved. What does that mean they were moved? They were shocked. Who are these people? What king of Israel? The king of Israel? They have no king. The last king we had was a great-great-grandson of King David. But ever since then, we have not had a king. You see, we've been divided. The northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, the ten tribes have been gone. We only had two left. And we've been taken over by the Babylonians. We were taken care of. The Assyrians came. And then the Babylonians came. And then the Medo-Persians came. And then the Greeks came. And now we have these miserable people called the Romans where they're strangulating us politically. And they're domineering us. And you're asking Where is the king? That was a hot, hot subject. The Bible says, verse 2, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, when Herod the king heard this, he was what? Trouble. The word trouble is an old English word that we don't use. It's called vex, V-E-X. What is vexing means? You're tripping. Like, man, what's happening, man? I'm just tripping, man. I have a court date out of here, man. I got to go see the doctor here. I'm waiting for my lab results. And my car don't work. I'm old. I just turned 50. ARP is after me. And I'm I'm tripping. The English people, they say, my heart is vexed. That's it? Yeah. Oh, it's gutting me. I'm gutted. I'm vexed. Gutted means they're, dis- they're, they're disrupted. And vexed means that they're, they're having an attack inside. They're trouble. Herod, historically, we know that he was phobic. All political weasels are phobic. And he's phobic. Because I'm the king. I'm the master blaster from Lancaster. (laughs) And who are you? Where's the king of the Jews? Who are you guys? And they're simple-minded people. But they're scientists. They're sincerely asking, where is the king with a capital K? Not that we're going to make him a king. We're going to coronate a king. We want to see the king who was already born here. For we have seen his star. Not just a star. His star. And we've been following it. We come to the city. It doesn't say that, but you can reply it that. They don't see the star anymore, so they, they, they go to the people. Hey, where's the king of the Jews? Can you tell me his address? No, no, no. And the word got to Herod. So Herod summoned them. And here is the context. Verse 3, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests, the religious people, and all the scribes, these are the lawyers. The word scribe here in English, we have anglicized it from the Latin to escribir, which means in Spanish to, to write. These were the lawyers. And he got the people together. And here it says he inquired, but the King James says he demanded of them Where the Christ was to be born. And therein lies a problem for many people. 
who don't know the Bible. You ask the person who's never read the Bible, who's not a Christian, you ask him, what's Jesus' last name? Guess what they say? Christ. That's his name, eh? <laughs> you remember, in, they don't do it anymore, but they used to have velvet uh, frames, fluorescent paint, remember, paintings? In the swap meet here in La Mirada, thank God they, they changed it to Santa Fe Springs now. They used to have a lot of those pictures that there was the artist painting them. Usually, the Hispanics folks, they, they, they love the Kennedys and Martin Luther King. And they, they ordered those, and he'll make them fast for you. And he'll have others of Marilyn Monroe. He had icons, you know, Humphrey Bogart and all those people, right? And I was already a Christian. And so I, I saw a picture of Jesus, the famous picture of Jesus, him in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying over a stone. You ever seen it? So the, he took liberty to do that. It looked good, but there was a cup there. So I asked the guy, being a smart butt, hey, buddy, what's with the cup? I don't know, man. But Jesus didn't want to drink that cup. <laughs> oh, you get it, right? How many of you don't get it? You remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said, Father, remove this cup from me. That was, that was a, it was a Jewish thing. The cup meant my faith, my station in life. That's what it meant. But the artist took the liberty to say, I don't know what's in the cup, Holmes, but he didn't want to drink it. I didn't want to correct the guy. I said, well, you know, it takes a fool to sell it. A fool's going to buy it, and a fool's going to recognize it. That's not what it means. So we are told here that the word, the word Christ basically means Messiah. Jesus is his name. Christ is his Messiahship. Lord is his title. The word Christ, it means Christos. And the Hebrew means Mashiach. And what is Mashiach? Mashiach basically means, um, what is that word? Uh, when it rains a lot, you're soaked, saturated. That's the word. When you are saturated with oil, you see in the ancient testament or the old testament, the visible sign of God's presence was olive oil from the, bottom, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. And that way people will have a physical knowledge that you were anointed by God. If you were saturated with oil, the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Thus says the Lord, and they had the anointing. The Bible says, look for a prophet with the anointing in his forehead. Mashiach means anointed one. The Messiah. The Son of the living God. Emmanuel, that one day God would dwell with humanity, that one day God will come upon this world. We were told that by Isaiah the prophet. We were told that by Zechariah. We were told that by Micah. We were told that by Jeremiah. We were told by a, an Old Testament prophet, but featured in the New Testament. His name is John the Baptist. Every prophet in the Old Testament would say, Turn the page. Turn 
turn the page. Turn the page. And there were 400 years of silence. The last prophet was a prophet by the name of Malachi. And for 400 years, no prophet, no vision, no apparition, no word from God. After 400 years, a couple, old people, he comes into the temple. The Bible says Zechariah in Luke chapter 2 comes into the temple to do his thing. An angel appears to him, the same angel that appeared to, to Daniel, same angel, Gabriel. God has heard your prayer. <laughs> if, I, if I was Zechariah, I go, well, like 40 years ago, man. He heard your prayer. And your wife, Elizabeth, is going to have a child. Miracle. Wonder of wonders. Lo and behold, he's born. John the Baptist. Six months later on, the angel went and visited another little girl by the name of Mary. And there's the prophecy. 30 years later, there's Jesus. And the prophet of the Old Testament a feature in the new. His name is John the Baptist. He was baptizing people. Are you the coming one? Nope. Are you the one? Nope. Are you the Christ? Nope. Who are you then? I'm just a voice crying out in the wilderness. Make way for the coming of the Lord. Lord have mercy. And then one day, John says, one day, John the Baptist, as he was baptizing with a loud voice, not a little squeak voice, behold, the one we've been waiting for 2,000 years, he's here. Oh, no, 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 no. He stopped baptizing people. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And he comes in. And Jesus says, John, baptize me. John, you? <laughs> I'm baptizing people that have sin. I know you're sinless. You baptize me. But Jesus corrected his list fulfilled prophecy. And John the Baptist baptized him. And the Bible says when he came out of the water, we see the Trinity. We don't see the Trinity in the Bible, the word Trinity. But the Bible says the voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. There you see the father, you see the son, and then you see a dove. The symbol of the Holy Spirit. There you see Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You see, the promises were coming. They went to the capital of the promise. They even had a temple. A temple that was supposed to be a temple of light, but they were in spiritual darkness. There was so much religion, so much culture, so much heritage that they couldn't see him. What we see today Everywhere you turn, everywhere, Christmas, shopping, you see people having fun, office parties, drinking parties, stabbings and shootings, drive-bys, Christmas. People are fighting at malls. They want to be religious, but they're missing the whole point. The whole city here Religious is Jerusalem. 
So they asked him, verse 5. So they said to him, after researching, of course, they said, in Bethlehem of Judea, how do you know that? For thus it is written by the prophet. They're referring to prophet Micah in chapter 2, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, house of bread, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So here you see that Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. So there you see now political intrigue. So he asked the chief priests, the scribes, the lawyers, find out where the Messiah is supposed to be born. And they researched and they came back. The prophet said in Bethlehem. All right. Political intrigue. He met secretly with the wise men. And he asked them, how long you guys been following this star? Now, we are not told here. But at the end of verse 16, we are told. How long it took? It took them two years. And when you do the estimations, if you want to do the estimations, how much they walk, and for two years, if it was good weather, bad weather, they just kept going, kept going, till they came to Jerusalem, and all of a sudden, the star went missing. That's why they asked. Bethlehem. So when he secretly called them, he determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I might come and worship him also. That's a lie. Now, you notice here, young child. It's been two years since his birth. In Christmas, we think that everything happened. He was born in the barn, and the wise men come in. You see the picture. They all, they all meet at the same time. That's not historically correct. You see, the child's around two years old. There's no indication other than just the shepherds knew this. Old people knew they're probably dead by now. There's Anna. There is Simeon, the shepherds. They all knew who he was. Mary knew who he was. Elizabeth, they knew who he was. John the Baptist knew who he was. John the Baptist's daddy knew who he was. Joseph knew that wasn't his child. He knew that. But the rest of the world did not know that. And yet there was a whole temple. It was a whole religious order to celebrate he who was already here. God, Emmanuel, was with us. And yet they couldn't recognize him. It takes pagans to recognize them. This is why this is not a good story among Jewish people. Because what Matthew is saying in the Gospel of Matthew was written for Jewish readers. This is kind of offensive that it took Gentiles to recognize the Messiah. Not only to recognize and acknowledge, but they came to worship him. That's what they, all, they just want to do. They want to worship him. And so he, he's tricked. Go find this young child, not a baby, and I'll go worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, notice the star which they had seen, and, and where? In the east, when before them, 
till he came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. What does that mean? They were maxed out with joy. Who needs weed? The reason we smoke dope was to find a euphoria. The reason we drink is so that we can get a momentary euphoric feeling and it, and it numbs us and, uh, and anesthetizes our feeling. And we smoke and we smoke so we can laugh, ha, 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 artificially. And you'll be looking like Chi Ching Chong for the rest of your life. Ha, 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 ha. I saw, I saw a grandfather, a father, and a son, all three sitting in a, in a, in a park bench in Montebello. At Reggie Rodriguez Park. I went there. And they were there. You know, gentlemen, how are you? And there's a man. How you doing, man? Who? There's my son, Joey. My name is Joey, this is Joey. <laughs> Father and son. Wow. And a young kid, 17, 18 year old, passing a joint. <laughs> this is my grandson. Really? Really? This way you want to go down? Oh, yeah. We're, I'm having joy inexpressible. <laughs> yeah, but you got no teeth. You got no life. You're meandering. You're setting the next cycle of subjugation. And you cannot blame it, nobody else but yourself. Sin, darkness. That's what you see here. They saw the star. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy when they had come into the house. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and notice, and they fell down and began to worship him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Gold, which is deity. Frankincense, which is fragrance, but it's also of death and myrrh. It's also an expensive oil. But it also means death. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. And that was the end. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord to the prophet saying, Out of Egypt I have called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all the districts from two years old and under. Why? According to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph and said, Arise, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and the mother and came to the land of Israel. 
But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea, instead to go there and being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth. Why? That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets that he shall be called a Nazarene. God had orchestrated everything. What does that mean to us? If you're a child of God and you came forward, you feel like your life is awkward right now. If, you, if you're a child of God, you're under the hand of a master orchestrator. He's taking you through something. I don't like to be hunted. I don't want to go to Egypt. I don't want to be persecuted. I don't want to go through changes. A child of God will go through the process. But in the end, you will realize that God was fulfilling the very promise. You see, Christmas is not the same for me. I love tamales, but it ain't about tamales. It ain't about brandy, even though it's called Christian Brothers Brandy. I don't hang around with Johnny, <laughs> and I don't hang around with Jose. I told you who the, how, how many, who, 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 who I'm talking about? Jose Cuervo, Johnny Walker. Those guys are not my friends anymore. They deceived me. Don't be deceived tonight. I close with this. There's a lot of political tension right now, like never before. I mean, really. Politics, the world, the flesh, social media, whatever instruments are being used, they're trying to divide the church. I wish they can have a picture right here like this and go on the news tonight. 200 men from different nations get together to worship God. That's news. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's going to get uglier. The gospel is not being absorbed today. In my opinion, churches are not teaching the word of God. Look at it next time. It says, the church is dark. It says, turn to your Bibles, but there's no lights. And they just begin to preach messages of happiness and contentment. You happy? I'm happy. We're all happy. <laughs> Kumbaya. Ra, ra, ra. <laughs> My friend, that doesn't work. Truth. Truth. Christ is still on the throne. Amen. May he richly bless you. Spend time with your families. If you're married, you want, to, you want to trip your wife out tonight? Just tell her, I'm sorry, babe. And don't tell her why. Just say, I'm sorry, babe. All night long, she's not going to go to sleep. <laughs> First of all, those three words don't come out of people's mouth. And you're going to have her intrigue all night long. That's, I'm so sorry, babe. For what? 
God knows. Tomorrow morning, watch. Well, let's all stand. Come on, man. Father, we thank you for your kindness. It's a very simple narrative. A child's story. But it's real, Father. They recognize where the capital of religion did not connect the dots. There was a temple that was supposed to be full of light, and yet there was darkness. It took wise men to recognize among all the billions of stars that this one specific star that belonged to a king, a person that changed history as we know it before Christ and after his death. Who is this man? He is the son of God. He is the great I am. He's a shepherd of our souls. He's our savior, our redeemer, our friend. Father, we pray that you would go before us as we go home. And Lord, if we make it home, that should be a miracle living here in L.A. We pray for those again, Father, who need to be home. May you bless their families, their children, and their grandchildren. May we enjoy one day at a time, sweet Jesus, one day at a time. Now, with every eye closed and every head bowed, I I don't know if everybody here is a believer. I would hate to go home and (laughs) be on 91 freeway going back home. And then I said to myself, man, I should have given an invitation. So I don't want to have that horrible thought. So if you're here tonight, and if you would like to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, what does that mean? That means you make room in your heart for Christ. And in making room, you admit that you're a sinner. And when you admit you're a sinner and you acknowledge Jesus Christ, he will come into your heart. And as he comes into your heart, he will forgive you of all you've ever done. Think of the worst thing you have ever done that you're ashamed of. That you probably can end up in jail for the rest of your life. And yet God is able to forgive you of that and much more. You're here tonight. You would like to receive the Lord. I pray with you. It takes 11 seconds. 11 seconds. If you're here tonight and you would like to receive the Lord. And you would like me to pray with you. Would you just raise your hand and say, Ponch, pray for me tonight. If that is you. Would you just raise your hand, whomever you may be. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anybody else? Quickly. Anybody else? Anybody? God bless you way in the back. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Are we good? For those of you who are raising your hands, but you repeat the simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. Forgive me. Cleanse my heart. I invite you to take over my whole life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
Put my name in the book of life. Transform my mind, my heart, and my conscience for your benefit, for your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This worship.